0: Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, Show 98. Today's show is brought to you by Occupy Medical.
1: Integrated Healthcare for All, a free clinic in Eugene, Oregon.
0: And Candace Hunter Creations.
2: Candace Hunter Creations, teaching real people how to use herbs and plants as their medicine.
0: And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website design, where their motto is yes, they can do that. Visit them at, at huntercreation.com. Hey, Sue, did you know how to remove ads from The Practical Herbalist? No, no. There's
2: got to be a trick.
0: Candice, do you know?
2: I have my suspicions. I what think I there think. are some special people who get to watch, read The Practical Herbalist without ads. out ads.
0: Yes, they are. And we call them the Herbal Nerd Society members. Yes. So if you're tired of scrolling through what looks like endless ads on our website, join the club for under 17 cents a day. You can become ad free.
2: Seventeen cents a day—that's less than the price of your daily newspaper.
0: Oh, geez, even, yeah, that's yeah. less like, than like,
2: twice. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> seventeen. No, if you could anymore. buy, a, you can't even buy a candy bar from the vending machine for less than seventeen. No. You even—it's like a buck a piece.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, we we this are we are healthy.
2: So True. 17
1: cents. Dirt cheap. 17 folks, cents today, Dirt yeah. cheap. Yep. It's Remove
0: fun. all the ads, get all the old uh, Real Herbalism Radio podcasts and special content created for Herbal Nerd Society members. And we'd like you to like us on Facebook, join our newsletter, and if you're on Instagram, share us with the hashtag ThePracticalHerbalist. And also check out the new YouTube channel. I say new, it's been around for a while, but we're actually putting stuff on there. And the recent post is the Dandelion Herb of the Month that we just finished up. So Mm -hmm. you can watch that video there and also look at the accompanying article on the website. So now, on to show 98. The Herbalist Pantry is well-stocked with bitter and astringent herbs, exactly those horrible tastes most of us totally don't enjoy. Luckily, summer's glorious warmth brings with with it a basket full of sweet. Sour and thoroughly enjoyable flavors we practical herbalists can tap into to improve health without our friends and family ever noticing. Today, we're talking about a few of our favorite medicinal berries. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm
1: Candace Hunter, and I'm Sue Sierra Lupe, and welcome Welcome to Real Real Herbalism Radio.
2: So Sue, now when your honey and uh-huh. all the spoonfuls of honey you use to help everybody choke down all that bitter medicine you make, make is running out, uh-huh.
1: to what do you turn? Oh boy, I tell him to tough it out. No, I tell him. I do tell him to. Absolutely, you would. There are there are many different options for people. It doesn't doesn't have to be. Depending on what you're what you're trying to deal with, doesn't have to be terrible tasting stuff. There are wonderful berries, yeah, soft fruits, as the British call them, soft fruits, soft soft fruits. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Those really? Berries. Yeah, really. That's what they, That's call, what they call them, soft uh, fruits. Because soft fruits. the botanical term berries doesn't really apply to some of the ones that we're going to be talking about today
2: you're right like for instance strawberry strawberry it's not an actual
1: for real berry it's not well if you look it's at the nuts. flower you, you'll notice one flower will produce a strawberry but it, each one of them has a bunch of different little seeds
2: yes we hear things crazy words like aggregate accessory fruit
1: thrown yes. around yes really aggregate
2: fruit it sounds really like you know like side it
1: all right. Well, you know, it's not as, as fluffy a, a term, but it just one aggregate fruit equals one flower and several ovaries. Yes. And then you that equals an aggregate fruit. An actual berry would be one flower, one ovary, and then you have a fruit with several seeds in it, and that's a berry. So a blueberry yes. is a really good example of an actual berry. Another actual yes. berry would be a banana or a watermelon or an avocado or a grape. So wrong. No. <laughs> so wrong. wrong. Well, wrong. yeah. That that's, is wrong. that's the English language for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But so yeah. Of our soft fruits, strawberries would be fruits. one of the
2: most first and most important soft fruits. Yeah. Berries
1: that shows up for us. Yeah. We actually wrote a little folio about it. We did. We focused, um, of course, it has a lot of vitamin C, but we focused a lot on the health benefits for teeth, strawberries. Yes. Yes.
2: Strawberry actually offers a surprising amount of health benefits for your
1: teeth. Mm -hmm.
2: And there have been more studies in recent years since we
1: wrote that folio, actually. We just pioneered the way.
2: Yes. We really did. There's like a long list, a long list of stuff that strawberry is good for. Yeah. Like what? I've seen it listed as good for some of the obvious stuff like healthy hair and skin. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Heart disease, though. Stroke. Anti-cancer. Hmm. It's good for blood uh, blood pressure for helping. I believe it was lower blood pressure. Yeah, it's good for helping with constipation, which I guess isn't a huge surprise there. Right. Yes. Fruit uh, fibers. Diabetes. It's supposed to be helpful for that,
1: hmm. and it's supposed to be helpful for pregnancy and depression. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much uh, good nutrition in those berries, and it also. And strawberry, it's got the malic acid, mm-hmm. which there's a cool little uh, recipe that people can use if they have a strawberry and a little bit of baking soda. You take one berry and you smoosh it. That's the technical term that I'm using. Smooshing. Smooshing. Smush, smush. Yes. Okay. And then you add a half a teaspoon of baking soda to it and you mush it all together. Different than smooshing. Mushing. Okay. It's a little different. Okay. And then you kind of put it all over your teeth. And that will be an attractive look and let it sit for five minutes. That's tasty too. T- tasty. And then spit yeah. it out. Don't swallow that, please. That's a lot of baking soda. And then just brush your teeth like regular. And that's a nice tooth whitening thing. Nice. And also with any of these tooth whitening things in this one in particular, only do it like once a week. Don't do it every right. single day, but just yeah. once a week because yeah. you do too much and you can wear down the enamel. So right. there's a balance of moderation. Moderation in all yep. things. That's a nice way to... That's from the Dental Association. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Strawberries are known for allergies, too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they definitely are. They uh, they help you. Uh, like if it has a fruit that has quercetin in it, for example, which is very common, um, it helps uh, inhibit the release of histamines. Right. So it's great for that. And then, of course, all of those vitamins are really good for fortifying your system. A lot of times people especially when you're coming out of winter, they're kind of low on some of those vitamins and and minerals, and it makes them susceptible to things like overreacting to pollen. So
2: is there a real difference between wild strawberries and domestic strawberries?
0: Hey, that was my question.
1: Is there? Oh, okay. Did you have a question, Patrick?
2: Uh, Patrick, what would be your question? I will actually.
0: Is there a difference between the wild strawberry and the domesticated strawberry?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, I know there are over 30 varieties of domesticated strawberry. Over 700. 700? Yeah. There's a ridiculously huge number. Oh, don't
2: listen to Sue. And I just saw this one that's
0: that's called the strawberry pineapple.
2: Oh it's, yeah, it's the pineberry or pineapple. It's
0: white with little red dots on it.
2: Yeah, Aww. supposedly it's it tastes a little bit like a pineapple. Right. It looks like it has chickenpox. That's a very recent one. It looks like it has chickenpox.
0: Yeah, that's a new one. So it's I don't been, know how they did that, but
2: less than a
1: decade that one's been around.
0: Yeah. But I've, hmm. I just saw a, well, at a nursery they had a they had a they had it for sale.
1: Wow! And so. is it related to the strawberry? That's what Tis. they say. Tis
0: it looks like a strawberry.
1: Wow! Yes. yes, I can't remember what it was crossbred with, but yeah, it's a it was pineapple. A pineapple, yeah. That <laughs> completely different as Well, strawberry and pineapple are good things to have together if you have inflammation. The the quercetin and then the uh, bromelade is really good for inflammation. So I don't know if that's a cross between those two. I'm doubtful. What kind of Frankenstein thing we're
2: going on here? But doubtful. This is just a recent breed from 2012 or so. Ah. So, and I think it was uh, developed for food fanciers because oh, they're pretty. The foodie foods. Foodies. Foodies. It's the new yes. wedding fruit. Yes. I don't know. Is it? I don't so, know. It's just white. We're just spreading rumors. There it's you it's go. the wedding fruit. Well, in June, Hopefully it could die. be a wedding fruit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially. Yeah. It's a good wedding fruit, too. Yeah, but we didn't answer the question. So domestic strawberries have been cultivated since about the seventeen hundreds. So you know, the tail end of the Elizabethan age. It's about when we were history degree
0: paying off right there.
2: I know, right? I got to use that once in a while. (laughs) Uh, Before that, they people didn't do a ton of eating of strawberries. They were you know occasionally they'd pick them wild because they they were small. They were really tiny, and that was part of the reason for domesticating them. It's a focus on making them. Larger and... Less seedy.
1: Or the seeds are the same, but the fruit is larger around it. Yeah,
2: exactly. And sweeter Mm -hmm. and, you know, more about the flavor. Yep. But when we herbalists write about them, when we look up information on strawberry, most of the time, wild strawberry is
1: the one that they're talking about. Right. Yeah. For the exact opposite reason, because it's concentrated. Yes. Rather than mostly being, you know, a way to add more and more water and juice and et cetera into the... Flavor part of it—you want to have the concentrated properties in a tiny little package. The right. leaf too. I mean, that's, that's leaf is very important as well.
2: Well, um, the other reason that I think we herbalists usually talk about the wild variety is because strawberry often makes the Dirty Dozen
1: list. Oh yes, good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dirty Dozen list. Yeah, dirty this dirty dozen sounds dozen. like a
0: you know a movie from back in the sixties, like a Western. <laughs> Yeah, something like that, but not, you know, why does it go with plants?
2: Yeah. The dirty dozen list is the list of fruits, vegetables, plants, or other produce that things are you put in your mouth. That, that are, are considered fruits-like. the most contaminated with pesticides, herbicides, um, and various other fertilizers and things that are not organic, mm-hmm. that which is chemical in nature. So, those folks who want to avoid who want to eat organic but maybe you can't always afford totally organic so sometimes you're eating the non-organic stuff
1: mm-hmm. from the
2: produce section to help your budget so right you want to avoid the dirty dozen because those are the ones that are most often have the worst contaminants if they're right conventional. on yeah. yeah and strawberry makes
1: the list almost every year no oh, it's a pity so thus, the wild strawberry if you're using it medicinally And wild strawberry is a great little thing to have in your garden. Yes. And
2: I mean, if you're growing your own domestic strawberries, as mm -hmm. long as you're not, if you're growing them organically yourself, they're fine. Sure.
1: sure. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot more concentrated in the wild strawberries. What nice thing about wild strawberries too, is that they can grow in shade. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, strawberries that you have, like garden variety strawberries, you really need a lot more sun for that. So there's more flexibility. Yeah. Wild strawberries can grow in the sun. But they can also grow in the shade, so you've got a little more, a little more uh, room to work with. Right, that's kind of nice. So another one
2: that grows well in the shade at times would be bilberry, isn't it? Oh yes, bilberry and
1: blueberry. Yeah, and if you have a acid soil, some people have Mm -hmm. problems. Like up here, we have people that have acid soil and they want to grow berries, but they they just they just can't. So blueberry is one of those options. They can have azaleas and rhodis and blueberries. Yes, and there's a difference between the blueberries and the bilberries. Yeah, uh, I believe the blueberries, their fruit itself on the inside is greenish. And then the bilberries are a little more bluish blue. Mm, that's interesting. What else do you know about it?
2: Well, I know the bilberry is the European variety. Mm-hmm. And I think it's called something like fascinium, whatever the first word is. Vaccinium. Yeah, myrtletum. Mm -hmm. That just
1: stumbles right off the tongue. Myrtlecum,
2: something like that. And the one for the blueberries is, um, let's see, the bilberries is Myrtitilis. 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 See, I actually looked at my note on that. (laughs) And then the American one is Cyanococcus. Cyanococcus. C A Y? Yes, that one.
1: Okay. That's the word, macacus. All right. When you hear that word cyan, you macacus. know that means blue.
2: Yes. So that's the really the major difference between them. When you look at the chemical constituents in various studies for the most part most of the studies are done on bilberry as right. opposed to blueberry yeah. because most of the studies are done in Europe right or they're ahead Asia. of the curve on that yeah, one not so much in America but when you do look at the the few that we have that are on blueberries or you look at the scientific constituent breakdowns they're very very similar mm-hmm. so
1: you can pretty well substitute back and forth yeah. safely yeah blueberry leaf is what i use in clinic for people that in conjunction with a couple of other things for Blood sugar issues, right? It helps a lot. Like a good combination is, uh, Nima cinnamon, and bilberry leaf yeah. or blueberry leaf.
2: Yeah, and blueberries and bilberries have a whole long list of things that they're good for too, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: well. Wait a second now. Wait a second. According to Amber Lotus calendars, <laughs> and Ooh. and this mysterious author from she, Be Happy from Be from Happy, the Happy calendar, the Be yeah. Happy calendar. She says that blueberry or blue bilberry plants are bumblebees' favorite nesting grounds. The queen digs a tiny hole in the ground near the plant to raise her young. Oh,
2: I wonder who amazing. the author was. Jesus, oh, so, who do you think that author might have been? Oh, someone magnificent, uh, perhaps oh. a, uh, a Pacific Northwest herbalist <laughs> yes, heralding from me, Texas. Me, <laughs> me,
0: yeah. So I just yeah. thought that was interesting. We had cool. planned that. But <laughs> just looked at the berry in. month and.
2: Hey. That Morning was an awesome him, find, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that, right? so, yeah.
0: that was my little uh contribution to the to the thing. Because you guys segued so easily into it. I'm like, are you guys uh, talking about that already?
1: Here we are. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? It's hard not to talk about blueberries. I love them. There is a, a bee that's uh hangs out in Texas a lot. It's the southeastern blueberry bee. And it's pollinates awesome. bluebs, what it loves to do. it's a favorite thing. Awesome. Occupy Medical is a free, street-reach, integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all-volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and, of course, good old-fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at occupy-medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization.
0: So you're going to say the nine, something about the nine things with blueberries and blueberries. You had a list you were going to look at before I
1: nine, interjected. Nine things about blueberries and blueberries? No, I
0: thought that's what you guys were saying. Because you, you're looking down at your list, and you're going to answer. And then I, I jumped in with the, um, the B calendar quote.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you did.
0: Because <laughs> I <laughs> wrecked everyone's train of thought, but
1: totally did.
0: But you two, since the way we're sitting today, there's, well, I know I have to like diabetes. shout at you. Yeah.
2: Diabetes and blood pressure are two big things that I know <laughs> that blueberries and bil- bilberries are used for. But I think that's mostly the eyes. The eyes. Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I Rods think that I believe the the leaf is the one that's been studied for the for a lot of that, as opposed to the berry itself.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm buying that. <laughs> I know.
2: I know that. I know that the berries have been studied for diabetes. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I'm going to be adult in just a second here.
2: Okay. I'm back. <laughs> so. so Gastronal gastrointestinal distress, in other words, diarrhea for the mm-hmm. rest of us. Yep. And um and the farts. diabetes and and you know digestive issues. Mm-hmm. I know the berries have been studied for that specifically. Yeah, heart disease. Uh yep. Yep. that's and, another one. And they have been also they're often the berries, bilberries specifically, are the ones that are usually prescribed or suggested for problems regarding the eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice. Because it helps the rods in the eyes. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, uh, there's a lot of gillic acid in it. And, uh, you know, the different, all of these, all of these wonderful, the color rich fruits, like all these berries, the strawberries and blueberries and apples and things like that. They, they are rich in antioxidants and those are just like flavonoid rich foods. Yeah. And that. Flavonoid itself is a color. It makes color for the different berries. So, And that's what we need in our lives. We need more diverse colors. We kind of have, as an American diet, a pale diet. We do we like to eat things yeah. that are white or brown. Green is one of those colors that seems to be a little offsetting for some Americans. Many. And just color yeah. in general, Yeah, you know, something other than brown and white. So having all of these beautiful berries, that's an easy thing to add to things. And I know a lot of people always think about smoothies for berries, but just pop on those berries in the freezer, you know, pick them now, pop them in the freezer and, and munch on them while you're watching a movie or something that they're delicious if they're frozen. Yeah. That's a great way to add. They are.
2: And here in America, we have all of these berries, the strawberry, the bilberry, and one of my favorites that we're going to talk about in a few minutes here are all coming into season now Mm -hmm. in other areas of the country or the world, rather. They're coming into season at a different time. Like Europe, for instance, has a later season for their cherry trees. Mm -hmm. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I think bilberries are a little bit later season than the high bush blueberries we
1: have. Oh, right. Sure. I guess that makes a bit of sense. Yeah, well, in different different berry varieties, I think some of them have been bred to be available at different times yeah. of year. Yeah, essentially like early girls and late things. Strawberries here early we girls.
2: Get, well, like is that like what the tomatoes? Name it is? No, oh. but but like I mean, we have strawberries here that are everbearing throughout the whole year. Yeah. We have early
1: season ones, and we have late June bearing strawberries. Yeah. June bearing strawberries, I think, are so much more delicious than everbearing.
2: I don't know. There's a California seacoast variety that is really, really tasty.
1: Ah, maybe it's I'm just really, not really good. as experienced in the strawberry world. I uh, know. I guess just growing them. Maybe it's because June, you have this this abundance of rain in this area. Yeah. So it makes them nice and juicy.
2: Yeah. And you don't have the heat yet.
1: Yeah. You know, string, yeah. Kind of making them struggle. A little more stringent. That that could very well be. Well what so, let's let's go on to yes, one of my favorites is that's still coming
2: up is the cherries. It's also an antioxidant queen. Cherries, yeah. Yeah. And it's associated with a whole ton. I mean, they're all associated. There's like common thread here, like diabetes. Good for cherries, strawberries, and bilberry, all good for helping with diabetes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For cherries, you also have gout. Right. Cancer prevention. I think all three of them have a little bit of that in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, how could they not? With all the antioxidants they've got, yep. Um, cherries have melatonin in them. Cherries have melatonin in them. Isn't that crazy? It's probably wow. probably part of why I love them so much. I bet.
1: Oh, really? Because yes. you like melatonin. I probably need melatonin. Oh. Summer is hard. It's hard to, to get to sleep. sleep. Well.
2: Yeah, because of the heat. Well, the heat and the sun and the day goes on
1: and on and on. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how the folks in Alaska do it. I don't know either. I have no idea. No, they they'll have to we'll have to have somebody uh, write in with their trick for getting to sleep. If you live in Alaska, yeah, right. Obviously, they're not harvesting cherries yet. No, no, maybe they they get canned cherries. Perhaps just sit there in their little Alaskan houses eating canned cherries. Mm-hmm. We'll find <laughs> out, readers and <laughs> listeners. Let us know. I've also <laughs> read that cherries are good for
2: fibromyalgia. Why would I found that, that be? I am not, I read it and now it's, now it's in your brain. There are so many sciencey words that went by.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Just throw it on the science pile. Yeah. I I think that uh, when it comes, oh, we have to be careful though with some of these things. If you have too many cherries or too many strawberries or too many um, blueberries, it can cause gastric upset, of course. So, again, we're talking about moderation and the stone, the cherry stone. Yes,
2: that was one of the things. So here's the thing that we've told our child, which may not actually be as true as we told him it was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is you should not be swallowing the cherry pits because they have a cyanide precursor in them that can cause your body to digest them and turn them into cyanide, Mm -hmm. which will, of course, kill you. That's
1: right. Cyanogenic acids. So how true is that? Well, your body can digest uh, a few cherry pits, that's for sure. A few? Yeah. Like three or four? Well, I don't know. I I haven't done a study on that, but it does take a lot out of a person to digest a rock like that. I mean, if you're looking at your own poop after eating a bunch of cherry stones, then you know, you might... You might be the kind of person that likes to pick it apart. I don't know. I'm not going to judge, no, <laughs> but you wouldn't necessarily see cherry stones in there, right? No, so you can you can pick these apart, but there is yeah a precursor to cyanide. Now, of course, you'd have to have a lot, like with apple seeds. You know, people a lot of people know there's cyanide in apple seeds, right? And it's one of the great ways that these. Uh, plants defend themselves as they make these little poisons so that you just have a little bit instead of ravaging the entire tree. So the, the, I think in the natural world, you have a a bird or something comes in, eats a little bit of the fruit, and then they go off and scatter it. And um, then another one would come in and go off and scatter it. So that's that's the idea about having a little bit of poison. How many apple seeds does it
2: take to develop enough cyanide to actually cause a problem in your system? 18 apples. Which is roughly how many seeds? 143 apple seeds. So if my son were to eat and swallow 143 cherry pits or more, that might
1: be a problem. Well, yes. Don't yes. Tell him. Gastric, don't tell yeah, him. that would be a lot of commitment. Please so don't like,
2: tell him that the number's that high. You're, you're
1: right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for cyanide, if you, you have 700 milligrams per p- kilogram of apple seed, the standard apple seed has 0.7 grams in it. Um, and for, uh, let's see, so 0.49 grams of cyogenic, it's a compound per pip. Oh, man, it just keeps on going. You need one milligram of cyanide per kilogram of body weight to kill a person. That's basically what you're doing then. And then the other here's the other piece. Don't eat them whole. You're going to have to crush them a little bit in order to get that cyogenic acid out of it. So in other words, I haven't been entirely clear, clearly, honestly,
2: truthful with him. No, I haven't had all the facts. You haven't. You haven't. You're that's just OK. Trying to, I'm going to still tell him not to. You tell cherry him what he likes. Yeah, he's, he's going gonna to keep, keep swallowing them.
1: So. Well, the thing he's missing out on is spitting them. I know that's the best part. That's that. Well, it's so kind you of you can point. get some distance. As we know, we had a scientific experiment here yes, last year with cherry pits.
2: Yes, I think you spit further than I did, like by
1: far. Well, yeah, I'm not very good at that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at spitting. I can't remember who won our cherry pit spitting contest. Was it you or Patrick? Patrick, I, I, do you recall? Patrick, no. you had some good good distance on yours. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did.
2: yeah, yeah. So I'm more focused yeah. on eating the cherries. Like you guys can spit all you want. <laughs> do worry about that.
1: Yeah, but if, if it's for good me, for you and it's a two game, one for each of you. Two for me, <laughs> one for each of you. Spitting is fun, but yeah. So I think that uh, now that we're done with the spitting part of our conversation, uh, <laughs> the importance is to make sure people have a, a diverse diet. And now is the time to take advantage of all those beautiful uh, soft fruits. Well, yeah. There is another cherry that's been popular
2: in nutritional, amongst nutritional people called the acerola cherry. Yes, which
1: isn't even related to cherries. Yes. But it looks like it. Regular cherries are of the... Prunus family. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Brow wiper. Those acerola ones are a whole different family. Yeah. Oh, now you're asking me to... Okay. I'm gonna pronounce this because I'm I know, always I'm good not- at pronouncing things. It's the Malca. Oh, this is just mean. Malpif. Nope, not See, guys, this. I I'm am. I am really not as terrible as I sound. Malpigasia family. Mal family. Spell it. Mal. family. M a l p i g h
2: i a c a E A A E
1: A E. Yeah, not not prunus. It's not a prunus. It's not a prunus. Mm-mm.
2: It is actually a little bush that grows oh. in, I believe, Peru. Peru. Yep. Yeah. So it's native to South America. Whereas the sweet and sour cherries are native to
1: Europe and Asia. Yeah, it has a very high concentrate of antioxidants. Yes. Which we see often in tropical fruits. And I looked around to see if there was some reason why some of these tropical fruits might have more antioxidants than the ones on the other side of the tropics, the northern or southern side of the tropics, and I haven't found anything quite yet. But that doesn't mean it, that study is not out there. To be honest, the thing I would have to believe is it
2: probably has a lot to do with the level of sunshine that they get. Hmm. I'm betting antioxidants are perhaps one of the plants' the
1: responses, it, yeah, or responses
2: to the sun. Yeah. My guess is the sun, purely the sun. Just but the sun. Yeah, because, I mean, there's like pretty strong antioxidants in things that – come or yeah antioxidants and things that come from the mountainous areas in the tropical regions where hmm. you get up higher into higher elevations and it's not hot
1: because uh-huh. it's cool because
2: it's so much a high elevation yet they still have stronger antioxidants
1: Wow, I think but looks you like know more information we need to know and completely the unscientific there and unstudied speculation is the beginning of how you start with science you have yeah. a theory and then you investigate it. It would be fun. Yep. We're just in this dreamer stage right now.
2: It'd be awesome mm, if I could lender. get a grant to go hike up into those mountains and gather some of those
1: fruits. There you go. Well you got, got a pen fun. and paper in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, uh listeners, thank you for bearing with us. But, oh uh,
0: no, really? What? You, just, you just dropped a pun. Buried, burying burying yeah,
1: yeah, oh. <laughs> I thought I had that buried in the sentence. Yeah. Oh, good try, and good try. Thank you.
0: Honeyed.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, keep in mind that those fruits and, and uh, soft fruits, berries, etc. are very good for you and should be added to your diet and they can be preserved all year round. And check our website because we have uh, lots of different... Uh, recipes for using strawberries and cherries and blueberries and bilberries on our website. And we welcome you to check those out and use them and then give us some feedback.
0: The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease.